0: This is your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, April 8th. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really happy the Flyers got that win for Cam Atkinson.
1: Yeah, that was a good day for him.
0: It was. Nice tribute there, too. Your Locked On Flyers,
1: your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at @r_miriam. Miriam. I'm here with my lovely co-host Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Today we are going to talk about last night's game against Columbus, we're going to preview Saturday's game against the Ducks, and we're going to talk about the semifinal in the Frozen Four featuring a delightful play by our Bobby Brink. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so we got a win last night. It's always fun to talk about those. And like I said up top, real just amazing homecoming for Cam Atkinson. The tribute they did was really nice. So many Atkinson jerseys and signs out there, and it's uh, it was just really nice to see.
1: Yeah, they really loved him there, and that was good for him. Apparently, he walked around the arena and did some catching up with some of the arena folks, and that's nice. He's a very thoughtful guy.
0: He is. I know uh, most Columbus fans were pretty heartbroken to lose him last offseason. So it's good to see that he is still beloved there. Uh, his line, I think, in this one was trying to help him out and, and get a goal in this one. A lot of passes to him. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Just couldn't get one to go. But I think Scott Lawton is looking a little better than he was in his first game back. Uh, Just, you know, getting... Do you mean
1: his haircut or his play?
0: His play.
1: (laughs) Okay, because his haircut I'm not sure about.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I think, that you know, the most impressive line was clearly the Hayes line with Noah yes. Cates and Owen Tippett. Man, they were fun to watch.
1: They were fun. I mean, again, I, you know, I talked up Cates a lot. I've been talking about Cates for years. And for whatever reason, he just didn't register with um, a lot of Flyers fans for a while. I have, but, you know, he's, he's had a great impact. I mean, the biggest impact really of any of their young players that have come in. So that's nice to see, and it's all translatable, but I still am going to tell you they need to put him in center. The line with Hayes is good for now, but I think um, that's not going to be something that's going to happen next year. So I would like to see them before the end of this year put Cates at center and start letting them uh, create that way too.
0: Yeah, because he's so smart. You could just see him anticipate plays – And I think he's building a little bit of chemistry with Hayes and Owen Tippett and Mm -hmm. especially him and Tippett. I just saw them like really starting to build some anticipation there where they know where each other are going to be. And I think, you know, again, it was nice to see Owen Tippett get one in in this game as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, You know, both of them scoring goals. You know, when Tippett
1: got one, did you notice he didn't have to think about it? It was just like, pucks there, shoot, score. If he could do that more he would get more goals, but that was just because of the way the play was. So that was, that really was, um, fortuitous. But with Cates, what I noticed, um, Tippett realized after and he apologized to Cates that he shouldn't have tried the wrap wraparound. He actually should have shot the puck because <laughs> Cates was there for a rebound and he realized, mm-hmm. yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's fair. And it was good of him to recognize that it was. I think, and you know, he'll just get better at that. I think you know mm-hmm. as things progress and one thing that I think has been a trend with flyers and development and we talked about this all the time with Morgan Frost is that the, you know the good things about players sometimes get beaten out of them when they're trying to fix the less than desirable aspects of players game or the weaker aspects of players games. And I don't think that's happening here with Owen Tippett, that Owen Tippett is just, he's going to keep firing until those pucks go in more. He is.
1: That's the good thing about him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that for whatever reason, at least to this point, I mean, maybe it's because it's the end of the season and maybe they just want to let these guys do what they do because Mm -hmm. ultimately the wins and losses don't matter as much. But I think that, you know, with Owen Tippett, we're seeing him being allowed to be himself out there.
1: Yeah. And that's important. And and you hope that, you know, he can catch fire doing that. But I think you you make a good point there um, that he is staying true to himself. But, you know, like when you get to a guy guy like Frost, Frost never had to really play good defense. It is always harder for an offensive player to play good defense where someone like Hates already played good defense in Mm -hmm. college. Like that was a thing that was. They're from pretty much the USHL on. So that was always second nature. So it's always easier to add the offense that he already, he already had some offense in his game than having to worry about the defense when you're good at that. So that's, that does take longer for some players.
0: Again, you know, he wasn't on the scoreboard, but Morgan Frost, I think, had a few great moments with some creative plays mm-hmm. uh, out there. And he was 75% on face-offs.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, I think Adder needs to be able to stand up when he's shooting. You know, this is two games oh my God. falling down.
0: I know. I did notice that, actually. It was really funny. I was like, was oh, funny. man. If you're going to take those big shots, you got to be able to like handle the rebounds. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's funny. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, other than that, Adder, I think, is being physical, which is good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know he's trying to learn from his mistakes. I don't think he was like particularly risky at all in no. this game. I think you know he played it a little safe, but I think at this point that's a good thing.
1: So is Kevin Conaton ever going to score a goal again? Did we see the only goal or ever going to see <laughs> Kevin Conaton score? I feel score. I feel like that's the case.
0: Man, that smile he had oh, after yeah. the, it was uh it just made me so happy. You could just see like yeah. oh, I needed nice. that. It's nice to so go. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, other than that, this game felt like two below-average teams playing each other, mm-hmm. but th- th- that's not a bad thing at this point. No, they, I
1: mean, look, they improved off their last performance against the same mm-hmm. team, so at least they did. you could say that, and I felt like they did protect the house more. I felt like they um, played better defensively, especially late. They weren't, like, struggling. Yes. So, I mean, those things, you know, are, that's an improvement.
0: Yes, absolutely, that they had the lead and they held it pretty Mm -hmm. convincingly. I I did not think that Columbus had a chance to come back in this one based on how the Flyers were playing defensively. And I think Jones didn't have much to do in in this one, especially late. It's true.
1: Yeah, except for late. Yeah, I I agree with that. But, you know, Jones has gotten some wins here down the stretch, which is good for him.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it's always – good to see him perform well out there. I think, you know, at least for me personally, even though we didn't get to trade him at the deadline, that people are kind of kicking themselves now because they're seeing what what he can do. And for him to kind of outperform expectations for this season has been really lovely to see.
1: Yeah, it's nice for him. Again, it'll help him for his next team next year.
0: All right. Well, we'll be looking ahead to our game against the Anaheim Ducks coming up next. But first, we're going to talk about Bilt Bar.
1: We've been talking about Bilt Bar for a long time on this show. And by now, you know how much we love them. But Bilt has more than protein bars. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors: yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All Built bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away: high protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New flavors are coming out all the time at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so on Saturday, we are... Facing the Anaheim Ducks. And we talked on yesterday's episode about the Lou Nolan tribute and everything that they're doing. Very excited for all of that. And, you know, we did talk on that show about wanting to come into this one with a win so that the ceremony would be on a high note. So we did achieve that yep. as well. So that's good. Uh, I think, you know, the big news, obviously, out of Anaheim is that Ryan Getzlaff announced that he is retiring at the end of this season. Uh, He's currently on IR or has been out injured. Um, He'll probably come back into the lineup for the Ducks for the last game of the season just to have, you know, one last hurrah. But uh, so we won't see him. But. Man, like 17 years, all with the Ducks. He's been the captain of that team for the last 11 seasons. He's their all-time leading scorer. I mean, I don't like Ryan Getzloff, but I respect Ryan Getzloff.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I like him and respect him. Really good guy. Uh, he's he's really put his best foot forward with Trevor Zegris, mm. which is great. Yeah. Uh, I was at that 03 draft. I still think it's the greatest draft in the history of the NHL. It's definitely Could the greatest be. draft. Yeah, it's definitely the greatest draft in the last 20 years. Uh, it, it You know, this, this guy's just had a great career. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I've had to answer that all week. It's one of those things where he's kind of like a borderline guy. But, again, still a great player. Uh, for the Ducks, I mean, that's your best Duck of all time as far as being a homegrown guy. And, you know, those kinds of players are important. You know, could I see him catching on with the team, being an assistant or some sort of uh have some sort of role. Yeah, I can. So we'll, um, we'll see what the plans are, but you know, this is, this is good for him. It's, it's, it's time. And actually this year he's done way better than I think anybody thought he would have.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And it'll be interested to see if he goes more on the management track or the coaching track, right? Because he is such a good mentor to your point that, you know, I think coaching would be a really good move for him, but he may want to go that executive route as well. But whatever he does, I'm sure he'll be successful because, you know, he has the motivation and he knows hockey so well. So yeah, I, I do hope he stays with the organization in some way. Um, I think, you know, the other big story involving the Ducks over the past week was in their game against Arizona. Uh, Jay Beagle cross check. Trevor Zegras, Troy Terry got involved. And then, you know, Beagle just kind of punched Troy Terry while he was down on the ice. And, you know, there was a lot of controversy around that in terms of how violent Jay Beagle got. But also, you know, there was a a discussion brought up about Troy Terry is obviously the Ducks' leading scorer. Is it open season on star players like that for a guy like Beagle? And there was also the issue of the, you know, the Michigan that Trevor Zegres does and achieved in that game? And is it a way to kind of tap down on those kind of plays in the game from quote-unquote more traditionalists?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, again, there, to me, there's no such thing as being a traditionalist. If you can score a goal nobody else can, then that's what you do. And Sonny nope. Milano stood there and created a pick which made it even impossible for the goalie to the opposing goalie to see, which made it even more brilliant. Uh, Tyson Nash did a lousy job on on his broadcast for the Coyotes. Uh, basically egging on Beagle by saying, yeah, you know, when when Zgris poked at the goalie at the stick, you know, of course the puck was there, he deserved to get hit, and and then and the next day, and he said talked about skilling it up too, and then the next day he goes, yep. yeah, I shouldn't have said skill it up. Well, you shouldn't have said a lot of things, but that was what he doubled down with. And if you're going to say it's okay for Beagle to get back at the Ducks because of the poking at the goalie thing, which I think is ridiculous, but I don't think I didn't think it was that big of a poke. He he took four or five punches too many. That's for sure. And he should have eased up on Terry. But also, it's all based on the Michigan because they were pissed off about it.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's completely unwarranted. I mean, it's a perfectly legitimate way to score a goal in the NHL. It's amazing to see in person. Listen,
1: if you could bounce the puck on your stick and get it and and hit it on the bounce and get it in, guess what? It's a goal.
0: And if you're behind the net and you bounce it off the back of the goalie into the net, it's the goal. It's, it's a goal. Just all of that kind of stuff makes the game more fun. And if you think that there's some sort of code that says you get a beat down if you do that sort of thing, that's just backward thinking at, the, yeah. at best.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the, the poking at the goalie thing, I think they were looking for an excuse and Beagle found an opening with that and, you know, took out the next closest guy that he figured he could beat up and it was just, it was bad. I, I really hated to see it.
0: Well, Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry are that, you know, a big part of that top line for the ducks, obviously that are going to be trouble. And so I think, you know, for the flyers, the matchups are going to be really important. You have to get the right guys out against that line.
1: Yeah, you do. I mean, they're, they're hard to cover because not only are they creative, but they're fast. Um, they might try and throw the puck over the net. Like, Zegers tried to do that to Milano, and they almost scored once. Like, you can't leave them alone. That is the, the thing here. If you give up in Michigan, it's on you. And that's because you gave him too much room and too much time to do it. He doesn't need much time. He really only needs about a couple seconds. But you just can't leave him alone. And if it, if it means you have to have someone almost following him on his shift then that's what you do. But basically your number one thing when you play Anaheim should be, we can't let Trevor Ziegler score.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough task for the Flyers to accomplish. But, you know, again, if you get the right matchups, I think it's possible because, you know, the Ducks this season, I think they got off to a really strong start and had a really solid first half. But then the second half of the season has been um, not so great. I I'm think. not a
1: big fan of Dallas Aikens, no. and I and it's funny because I sort of like tapped that down the first half because they were looking so good, and I'm like, all right, maybe he's learned something here. And now he runs teams very hard. He's very um, hard in practice. He makes sure his team is in great shape, which is great. But then, do you you know does a team run out of gas because you you run a team that way? I kind of think. That's what happens with his teams, unfortunately.
0: One interesting thing about the Ducks uh, is they—they they have a line that's ex-Metro players right now with Adam Henrique, Zach Aston-Reese, and Dominic Simon. I was like, is this the Pens or the Ducks?
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. I—I I never really thought about it. I thought you were going to bring up the fact that the uh, the Mighty Ducks movie is one of the worst movies in the history of movies.
0: Oh no, all of I all. would not say such controversial things on this show. Oh, it's
1: nothing controversial. It's, it's a fact.
0: Alright. <laughs> I do also think that you know, given that the Ducks you know, really did kind of take a tumble in the second half of the season, they're well out of the playoff race, and they were sellers at the trade deadline. They're in a weird spot right now, and so it's a winnable game, I think, for the Flyers, but they're going to have to play them really strong. Yeah,
1: you have to play them strong. You have to play them tight. Uh, they have John Gibson, so you know that you could fire off 40 shots against Gibson and he might still beat you. He's used to Mm -hmm. that. Last year he was facing like 40, 45. It seemed like every game. So this is one where it's not important just to get pucks on the net. It's actually important to get people in the net and take away his eyes and and try and get a couple deflection goals, try and get a couple ugly goals.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the right approach here. And uh, hopefully the Flyers will be able to Uh, accomplish that and uh, give uh, Lou Nolan a good uh, day for his celebration. We're going to switch gears and talk about the Frozen Four and Bobby Brink, University of Denver, coming up next. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and and scores head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts so we had an upset to some degree at the frozen four i think both of us in yesterday's show kind of we hoping it would be a really good game and that mm-hmm. Denver would have a chance, but ultimately thought Michigan would come out on top in the end. But no, uh, Denver upset Michigan in overtime, three to two. And in the game-winning goal, Bobby Brink provided that primary assist. So that was good to see.
1: Yeah, he had a relatively quiet game. He had one good scoring chance. But, uh, you know, overtime is overtime, and that's when some of your best players – come out and and he made a really good play with carter savoy who's a terrific goal scorer and you know a lot of times brink is the goal scorer but you know he is capable of making a play like that that game was weird though because like denver had three power plays michigan never got a power play and there definitely were a couple of plays where especially in the third period where guys were dragged down so they're going to probably be a little salty about that but as far as the from the viewing standpoint it was an amazing game like that game I was on the edge of my seat, and that's what it's like for a lot of Frozen Four. I want to let people know that because I know some people maybe hadn't watched in the past but watched this year because of Michigan. Continue to watch these games. Just because Michigan's out doesn't mean these games aren't going to be great because they will.
0: Yeah, it was a phenomenal game. I had so much fun watching it. And I think that, you know, you're right. The the broadcast team kept talking about Bobby Brink. like, oh, he's having a quiet game. He needs to step up. And then he stepped up. And I was like, ah, there you go.
1: Well, I mean, if you count in the broadcast team where Barry Melrose barely knows any players' names, at least least John Vucigrasse knows.
0: (laughs) yeah. It was um, a really good defensive game, too, overall. You know, these are two high-powered offensive teams, and we talked about this yesterday, but, like, at the end of regulation, shots were only 26 to 14, Denver. And so Michigan being held to 14 shots in regulation is was a pretty good accomplishment, I think, by Denver.
1: It was a very good accomplishment, Um I talked about Shai Boom, and boy, he had a really good game. I mean, he's a young player that I don't think is going to be at Denver for too long. Uh, But I I really like Blankenberg's game, and boy, he got close to scoring a couple times. He was physical. He is a free agent, and I'm telling you, if I'm a team, I'm signing him because I think with a little work, that guy Mm -hmm. can play. There's all the other names. You know, Brisson could get signed now, and Powers definitely going to the Sabres, and all these things could happen, but don't forget about guys like that because – you know, that's the beauty of this. Teams could really fatten up with some of these players, NHL teams, that is.
0: Yeah, and we also talked about Eric Portillo in goal for Michigan. Man, did he make some incredible saves in the third period and overtime, unfortunately. Yeah, he's fearless. Game winner went in, but um, just a phenomenal game.
1: He's, he's got ice water in his veins because he. there were times in that game where there were some big-time shots and – He was just not going to have a pile up in front of the net. He wasn't going to let anything like that beat him. And I give him credit.
0: I do, too. It was just every time that Denver came down the ice, I I was just like, oh, no, this could be it. And then he would make the stop and then Michigan would get a rush the other way as well. And, you know, I just had this feeling mostly because Denver went ahead twice and then Michigan tied it up that. There, like Michigan was just inevitable right with all of that talent and just the way the overtime was going I just thought for sure Michigan was going to win
1: it was one of those things where I think I was thinking that but then again when you get to overtime in any kind of like championship scenario playoff scenario it's always all bets are off you just never know
0: That is absolutely the truth. And, you know, college hockey is a ton of fun. Um, We as of recording, we don't know the results of the other semifinal uh, Minnesota versus Minnesota State. We do know that Bryce Brodzinski, Flyers prospect, got an assist on uh, the one goal that minnesota scored thus far in the game and it was a beautiful play so very good to see that from him and good to see him being a big part of the action there but uh, should be a good game for the final on saturday no matter what
1: it will and yeah i saw Brodzinski make a good um step forward just in the time that he was a flyers rookie camp i felt like hey this guy has really improve from that and he's had a good season so these are very positive things for you know the flyers as far as for their
0: youth yeah we will talk about that final and you know what's happening with bobby brink what's happening with all the other prospects uh coming up next week we're gonna close out today's show with our gritty thing of the week uh only one thing but it's a good one um, it's a TikTok trend. So I'm not sure, Russ, this will be your bag. but It's not, um, but that's okay.
1: Not everything has to be.
0: Yeah, like the, I like cake.
1: The, I'll say that.
0: Yeah. So it's another gritty throwing cake thing. But it's to a common TikTok sound of the girl don't do it, don't do it. Oh, I did it sound, which is mostly, um, I think, done for when people get haircuts or like do some other like drastic change but uh gritty throwing a cake will will work just fine with that sound as well
1: that's one of gritty's best best things that he does is throw cakes
0: i absolutely agree All right, we will be back again on Monday. Like I said, we're going to talk Frozen Four and Bobby Brink. We're going to recap the game against the Ducks. We'll have our nemesis of the week, which is my favorite part of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Once again, I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.